to live above ordinary lives. And I've been a pastor for 24 years, and, and I've had literally thousands of conversations with people. And usually people come in, they want to talk to me about some things in their life. Maybe, maybe it's finances, maybe it's their marriage, maybe it's their kids or a different, another close relationship. Uh, maybe they just want to talk about uh, their relationship with the Lord. But one thing that is common between every conversation I've ever had in the last 24 years is this, is that everyone I've ever talked to wants to do better in life. Every, every wife wants to be a better wife. Every parent wants to be a better parent. You know, every friend wants to be a better friend. Every Christian wants to have a closer relationship with God. It's 100% across the board that people in life, I mean, we, we don't want to live down here if we have the potential to live up there. We want to we make the most of our lives and in, in, in the potential that God has put within us. And the reason, sometimes I even often ask myself, because people come up and ask me questions I know nothing about, and I, I'm wondering, well, why did they ask me? It's kind of like my dad, when he became a pastor, he was 23 years old. And he's like, man, I'd have people in their 60s come to me for marriage counseling. And I was like, what am I going to do, you know? Well, the reason that people ask me is they're searching because in their life, no one ever taught them simple principles of how to be successful. We go through, you know, 12 years of school. Then we, many of us go to, on to, you know, on to college, master's degrees, doctorate degrees. Some people go to trade schools. We're always going to school, and there's classes that teach you how to do a specific trade, but no one ever teaches us how to be successful. There's no class on, hey, these 10 principles will allow you uh, to, to, to be successful, and I believe that's what church is, is, is supposed to, to be about. Um, you see, there are some fundamental principles or laws or foundational pieces that, man, if we can discover these and put them in our lives, they will, they will allow us to do better in every area of our lives. And, and you know, that I, I'm very simple. I just want everyone here to go out this week and, and to do better in life. Be closer to God. Be closer to your family. Be more successful uh, at, at work. Now, here's the interesting fact. All of these principles I'm going to be talking about, they're all from the Bible. And I meet successful people all the time. As a matter of fact, I have a group of friends uh, at the gym, I'm going to be. Ad I'm going to admit because some of them are here today. Uh, I haven't been to the gym as often as I should have been, so I, I repent. I repent, okay? But I have some really successful friends. I mean, these guys are, are, are mega millionaires. Some of them have ten, fifteen million dollars. I mean, they've been very successful. Um, but what they what they don't understand is a lot of the principles they're using are actually in the Bible. They may have never read the Bible. They, they may have never been to church. They may not have a personal relationship with Jesus, but these principles, that, that these laws of success, they're in, they're in the Bible. They come from the Bible because God created us and he created us to be successful. So let's, let's re review real quick. Last week we talked, the number one law was the law of vision. The law of vision. And we, we read Proverbs 29, 18, which says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Then we read from the book of Habakkuk. And it said that when God gives us a vision, we're supposed to write it down so we remember it. Now, I gave you a homework assignment last week. How many of you that were here last week did the homework assignment? Oh, my wife, that's so, that's so, I don't know if she did or not, but she raised her hand, right? Yeah, she did. She, I, I'm in trouble. Can I come home to lunch with somebody? I'm in trouble. So, so you did. But here's the thing. We talked last week that 
if there's an area of your life that's not doing as well as you want it to, it's because you don't have a vision. Write down a vision statement. I want to have a better marriage. That's not good enough. What defines a better marriage? Write down what a marriage should look like. Put it on your, on your mirror in your restroom or, or, or on your door or whatever. And, and so get a vision of what you want for your family, for your career, for your walk with the Lord. And, and put it where you see it every day so you can know whether you're making uh, steps toward that. The second law actually may be the most important law, but I put it second because it's hard to put something in front of vision. Law two is the law of the mind. The law of the mind. And the law of the mind says this, <clears throat> that how you think determines what you get in life. How you think, how your mind thinks about circumstances and things determines the results in your life. So if you don't like the results you have right now in your life, we have to back up and change the way we think because the way we think determines what we do, which determines the outcomes, you know, in, in our life. And here's everyone in this room. There's, I, I talk to people, and when I talk to people, and it's, it's, human, it's a human failure, I can do it too. We always want to think that our situation is worse. That's why we're not successful. But the truth in this room, now in this room we have everyone. We have people from different countries. We have white, African American, Hispanic, Asian, and we have a combination therein, right? Everyone in this room, everyone in this room has gone through tough times. Everyone in this room has had bad breaks. Everyone in this room has been let down by somebody. That's, that's just, that's par with the course of life. But what, what happens is successful people, People who think successfully, they think differently about the bad breaks, the letdowns, and the disappointments of life. That, that's a, a, key, a key difference. You see, some people, when they have a bad break happen to them, they just kind of throw their arms up there and say, well, I tried. And other people, they view the circumstances as an opportunity to grow, to learn, and to achieve in life. See, when it's, life throws us something, whether we expect it or not, that gets in the way, some people look at it as a roadblock, as a cul-de-sac, as a mountain that can't be moved, and other people start thinking, well, gosh, what can I do differently to, to have, have, have a different, to have a different result? So successful people have a different way of thinking that allows them to overcome the challenges in life. And here's the thing. What I've learned about successful people is they have failed just as much as ordinary people. But because they think differently, they pick themselves up on the, on the floor and, and they, 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 they get going and they, they try to find a way uh, to do something. So the law of the mind says that how we think determines what we get in life. So if we don't like what we're getting, we need to back up for a few minutes. How many know that sometimes you don't just need to just try again immediately? Sometimes you need to back up and say, okay, I just failed at something. Let me think about this and let me think about what I could do differently because what I just did, if I do it 100 times, I may fail 100 times because I, I just failed, right? It led to, it led to not, not uh, overcoming something. Let me, let me, so we're going to talk about thinking today. And all I want to do is encourage you that possibly you may need to change how you're thinking. If, if, if what you're doing isn't working then possibly changing the way you think could get you to a whole new place in life. That's the whole premise, all I want to talk about today. So let me talk about thinking for a minute. 
the first thing is this. What I've learned that very few people think. You're like, Terry, you're right. I was at the mall the other day. You should have seen what I saw, right? Well, unfortunately, that may include us too. But very few people think. There's, uh, there's a guy named H.L. Mencken, and he said this. He said, my guess is that 80% of people go through life without having one original thought. He says, and he was a psychologist, and he studied all these people, and he said, I talk to people every day, and they create a routine that doesn't allow them to think about their life. Like, they go to work, they do that, they go to lunch with people, they drive home, they come home, they have a home with their routine, they watch TV, they bathe the kids, they cook dinner, they wash the dishes, and they go to bed. And he said, so uh, they've created routines, but to be successful and to have great thoughts, we have to give ourselves some time to think. So think about that. Maybe, maybe in your day you carve out 15 minutes where you can just think about your life and think about what you could do better. Isn't it funny that we can always think how somebody else could improve, but we never think about how I could improve? You notice I use I to put, I put you off the hook there, okay? But think, think about this. I'm just trying to get you to think about thinking. Number two is it's difficult to maintain biblical thinking. When you read the Bible, man, it's full of faith, it's full of vision, it's, man, it's full of God doing incredible things through the lives of people. But it's difficult to maintain uh, biblical thinking. Thinking is hard work. It's hard to focus your attention on one thing for a period of time. Again, Albert Einstein, he said, thinking is hard work, which is why so few do it. It, it, it takes focus. And, uh, you know, to think, think about this, to really think about something, you have to be away from your phone. You have to be away from the distractions. Have you ever watched people, they're just connected to their phones, you know, just always just connected, just put that away. Um, it's, but it's even harder to think on the right things. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is ad admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, if, if we use this as our... As our um, formula for thinking, it will give us a lot of time to think because a lot of the things we're thinking about are disqualified by this verse. Colossians 3, 1 and 2, it says this, since then you've been raised with Christ. So Paul is writing a letter to the church at Colossae, and he tell, he's telling them, listen, since you've given your life to Jesus, since you've, you, you've been raised with Christ, you've been saved, Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And I think all of us, all of us, if we're not careful, if we don't think about our lives and evaluate our lives, we'll realize that, man, I'm thinking, I'm spending time thinking about some things that aren't good, that aren't positive, that are critical, that don't lead to life. And I need to get those out of my head and focus on the things that will help me. And the third thing is this, is that our thinking determines our state of being. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what, again, what we're thinking is what we become. So if we're thinking angry thoughts, we're going to be angry people. If we're thinking revengeful thoughts, we're going to, I mean, that's what's going to work in our life. If we, if we begin to think, you know, critical thoughts about people, that, that's what we think about eventually we become 
Another, another quote is this, you are today what you've been thinking this past week, month, or year, and you will be tomorrow what you're thinking today. Albert Einstein also said this, he said, your imagination is your preview to the coming attractions. You know, do you, you, ever, you ever go to a movie, do, do the, do the um, all the, what are they called? Previews, that's what they're called, right? All the previews, yeah. And, you know, you're, I don't, I'm not interested in that or whatever, I don't like that. And most of them are, you know, I'm not interested in. But I have to sit there and watch them. But think about this. If I asked you to think about, preview the life you want, you could do that. And what I want to tell you is, you know, your imagination, how you're thinking, it's setting the table for your life in the next week, month, year. So it's so important that we, that we get this right. So I want to talk to you this morning about the benefits of change thinking. The benefits of, of change thinking. If, and I, I just want you to understand this. If you can change the way you currently think, it will lift the lid on your life. And, uh, you know, I, if you think about, if you think about uh, if this basket is your life right here, what happens is um, as we go through life, a lid, an imaginary lid gets put on, on our lives. We become conditioned to think in certain ways uh, by the people that have influenced us. Maybe, maybe your family, as you're growing up, your mother or your father or brothers or sisters or peers at school told you what you could and could not become. And they, they put an imaginary lid on your life. And because you think that they're right, you'll never get above that lid. You'll never get above that lid. When you change your thinking about yourself and how God can use you, it takes the lid out so you can literally jump out of, out of this box. And when I when I went to I went to India, well, I've been a number of times, but when I went last time, I saw this guy. You know, they they have there's animals everywhere in the streets everywhere. But I saw this guy, and he had there was a stake in the ground, and he has some ducks, and these ducks just walked in a circle around the stick. And I'm like, well, that's, that's amazing. How did he train her to do that? And so what they, what they told me is this. When he first got the ducks, they were little, and he put, he put a little, a little uh, some, he somehow attached them to the stick, put a little rope around their neck, and so the rope was this long. So they, you know, they could only walk in a circle, and they could only walk, you know, whatever. They could, had to all walk the same way. So, so they, they continually walked around this stick, you know, for weeks like this, just around the stick. And see, after they start to grow and they get conditioned to that, then he takes the ropes off. And there's nothing holding, making these ducks walk that way. They've just been conditioned and trained to think that that's the only way they can walk. And I, I just want to tell you, the world conditions us. Sometimes people in our lives condition us and they try to put limits on what we can do and what God can do and how successful we'll be. And, but I want to challenge you, if you change the way you think, it'll change the results in your life. See, God does not place a lid on us. You know the only lid on your life? This wasn't in the notes, I'm going off script here. The only limits on your life is really your pain threshold. And let me explain that. What I've learned about my relationship with God, I can grow to a certain point, and then he requires more of me. 
And when the pain level gets like, okay, I'm good. I'm good because that next step, I don't want to go to that person and ask for forgiveness, whatever. In, in the business world, think about it. You can grow your business, but if you get to a point where you're plateaued, you've got to do something differently. You have to hire more people. You have to change the way you do things. You have to become more organized. And whenever your pain threshold is more than you want to do, you have, dis- you've in effect, decided to stop growing. So the only limit in our life is how much are we willing to obey God and what are we willing to do and what are we willing to sacrifice. So, so it's not who you were born to that's limiting you. It's our thinking. It's our thinking. And, and so, so think about that with me this morning. Have you noticed that, that, that life comes in waves? You know, I've noticed in, in mine and Tracy's life, but then I talk to a lot of people, so I, know, I, I think this is true for you too. Life seems to come in waves. And there could be ten good waves in a row, or there could be ten bad waves in a row. I talked to a person this week, and they said, man, uh, we've had some, we spent $6,000 on our truck. And the first bill was $379, then the water pump went out, and that was this much, and that was, well, they've they've had waves of unexpected bills come their way. So there's, there can be un, unanticipated way, good ways of things you didn't know that were coming, happening, come to you. And there can also be some ways of negativity and some different things aren't good. But life seems to come in a series of ways. Have you ever been to the beach and you saw somebody just get destroyed by a wave? Have you ever done that? Another question. Do you find it enjoyable? So I was, I was at the beach one day, and this guy was going surf fishing out there. And I told the guy, I told him, I'm like, man, the waves are a little big to, to be surf fishing today. He's like, don't worry, I've got experience. I'm a professional. Okay, Mr. Professional, go out in the surf. So he went out there, and he walked past the sandbar. And you know how you, know how you walk in the sandbar that goes deeper. And he's out in the second sandbar, and he was fishing. He's out there. Well, he caught a fish. He caught a fish, but he had to put his fish on his stringer. So he got distracted from the waves coming in. And he kind of turned sideways, and he's trying to put the fish on the stringer. And one wave kind of knocked him off balance. Then the next wave just, well, he's underwater. His net's floating over here. The fish is swimming off over there. You know, his shoes are over there. And, uh, I mean, because what happens is when a wave knocks you back, they don't quit coming. When there are good waves, they keep coming. When there are bad waves, they keep coming. And so here's, here's my thought here is that when we change our thinking, it sends waves into our lives. Different ways, ways we've never experienced before. They're good ways. They're different ways of thinking. They're better ways of thinking. They're healthy ways of thinking. And it, it allows us to accomplish things that, that before we were, just, we were just in a rut. So I'm going to give you six things that happen when we change our thinking. And they all bounce off each other. The first thing is this, that when you change your thinking, it changes your beliefs. When you change your thinking, it changes your beliefs. See, most people are walking around in life with the belief that the situation they're in cannot improve. So they resign to stay that way in life. I was talking to a family several weeks ago, and they were struggling with their finances and I was trying to help them and encourage them, and, and, uh, and I realized that they had a poverty mentality. And what, here's what they told me. 
my great-grandparents were poor, my grandparents were poor, the family I was raised in was poor, and we're poor. And, and so I started opening the Bible, sharing them scriptures with them, that, you know, it's not God's will for you not to have enough for your family, but you've got to change your thinking. You've got to, and I spent 30 minutes just pumping them with the word, pumping them with the word and telling them, you know, you're not, you don't have to be stuck in poverty. God can bless you. God can change your situation. And they looked at me and they're like, pastor, that's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always going to be. And I said, no, no, you can change your thinking. You can change your thing. You've been conditioned to think that God won't bless you. But that conditioning is not in the Bible. God's word says that everyone can, can be blessed and, and experience, you know, good, good things. So, so but, but think about this. See, if, if your marriage isn't good and in your mind you've been thinking it can't get better. When you change your thinking and say, you know what, I don't have to be in poverty. You know what, my marriage doesn't have to be bad. It can improve. When you change your thinking about whatever area you're struggling in, it changes, how, it changes how you believe. See, if you start thinking it can change, then faith is going to come in your heart, and you're going to believe, yes, it can happen. It can change. Things can get better. So when you, when you, when, um, so think about that for a minute as we progress. If you change your thinking about anything in your life, it changes, it changes what you believe can happen in that area. So that, that's the first step. The second step is this. When you change what you believe, it also changes your expectations. When you change what you believe, it changes your expectations. So when you believe something is going to happen, you begin to expect it to happen. And when you expect it to happen, it's only a matter of when. When will happen? You see, if you, if you have a bad job and you believe God's going to give you a better job, when you, start going to, when you start going to interviews, you'll interview better. Because you believe that God's going to bless you with a new job, and that belief spurs expectations. You see, if, you're in, if, you're in a, if you go to an interview and you don't believe you're going to get that job, your body language would tell the person not to hire you. Well, is this kind of down? When you believe, I don't know if it's this job, but I'm getting a better job, so I'm going to act like it's this one right here, you know. It changes your body language. It changes your tone of how you, how you respond to different things. Let me tell you an incredible story. Uh, one of my friends, his dad, his father-in-law was a guy named Billy. And Billy was, was really, uh, in, in some ways, a genius. But in 10th grade, the math teacher asked him, Billy, I want you to come up and solve this formula on the board. Billy's in 10th grade. Billy walks up there and writes the answer on the board. And the teacher said, uh, you didn't get it right, Billy. And Billy said, y yes, I did. She said, you didn't show your work. Where's your work at? He said, it's up here. I did it while I was walking to the board. And she said, Billy, you will never amount to anything in life because you can't even follow simple rules. Now, she could have simply asked him, would you please show us your work so we can show the class how you got to your answer? She berated and publicly embarrassed him and humiliated him in front of everyone. So Billy just believed her. Well, maybe she's right. 
he didn't have good self-esteem anyway. His family was a mess. His parents were divorced. And um, so anyway, this kind of did a self-fulfilling prophecy in his life. Well, the next year, uh, Billy, he got his, in his junior year, he got his girlfriend pregnant. So he dropped out of school, and they got married. And he was just working some menial jobs, just barely making it. And one day, one of Billy's friends said, hey, Billy, uh, you know, this large oil company that I work for, uh, I believe it was Exxon, but I'm not, I'm not sure. They're hiring, and you know, you can start at the bottom, and you work your way up and do pretty good. Why don't you come do that? Well, he went to apply for the job, and they said, well, uh, Miss, Mr. Billy, you have to take a test, um, you know, to, before we can hire you. And he, he took the test, and he told the secretary, I know I didn't do well on the test, so please don't bother to call me. Well, eight days later, they called him. And they said, Billy, um, you know, my, the manager wants you to come in and meet with him. And he's like, no, listen, you don't have to call me and give me a nice, you're not good enough. Just don't waste my time. He's like, no, really, they would want you to come in. So he came in, and um, the manager asked Billy, he said, Billy, how do you think you did on that little test you took? He said, well, I don't think I did good at all. I told you all not to bother me with anything. He said, Billy, I've been working here for seven years. You scored higher than anyone has ever scored on that test, and you finished it faster than anyone's ever finished it. And he looked at him and said, son, you have the potential to be great. You have the potential to be my boss one day, but you have to believe in yourself. I don't know what's happening in your life, but your potential is off the charts up here. But in here, it's way down there. And so Billy took the job, and Billy... Billy, uh, over the, he was worked there for 10 years before he started his own company. And um, he worked his way up and it was, began, went from the very bottom all the way to managing hundreds of people. You see, what happened was, Billy, but his thinking was, I believe that I'm not worth anything. That I'm not good, I'm not smart. smart. But somebody got a hold of him and said, Billy, you have potential. Billy, you're highly intelligent. And when he began to believe that somebody saw something in him, his expectations changed. And not only did he take the job, he started working his way all the way, all the way up the, the chart. So first of all, when we change our thinking, it changes our beliefs. If we change our belief, it changes our expectations. And the third thing is this, by changing your expectations, you change your attitude. You know, one of the great problems in life is that a lot of people have really bad attitudes. I mean, really bad attitudes. It's like, you know, have you ever gone somewhere or, you know, have you ever gone to a restaurant and you're like, man, can I just go fix my own meal? Because I don't know what this person is going to do to my food. I mean, hey, I tip well and everything, but, I mean, you just have a terrible attitude. And it, like, your attitude shows that you don't believe that anything is going to get better, and you don't expect anything to get better, so your attitude says, I'm going to make everybody around me miserable. Our attitude is so important in life. And when you believe that God's going to bless you, when you believe that God can help you make your marriage better, when you believe that God can, can, can bring that lost child back home, when you believe that God has a plan for your life, and you expect good things to come, it changes your attitude. So I have a question for you. Why do you believe it's a common thing? When, when someone has a problem in their life, they do one of two things. They start coming to church more or they don't come at all. Yeah. 
Sometimes I'll call someone up and say, hey, man, I haven't seen you in a long time. Is everything okay? Yeah, I just had a problem. Well, can I help you? Can I do so? What, what, can, what can I do? And other people, they come on Sunday, and they come the week of prayer and fasting, and they join a small group. See, what, what's the difference is one person says, I have a problem, and I don't believe that God cares about that or will do anything, so I have zero expectations. Another person says, man, I have a problem. I believe the only person that can help me is God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start going to everything, and I'm going to expect him to do something. So, so think about that for a little bit. Let's talk about attitudes, though. But how many, how many of you know successful people? Like somebody who's really, you know, somebody you look up to, somebody that's very successful, that, that has a bad attitude. That is just highly critical. Really negative. There, there may be some, but most people are not that way. They've, they've gotten there because they had a belief, they had an expectancy, and their attitude just kind of helped propel them, uh, you know, to, to where they are. So let me ask you a question. If you had to hire somebody, and both people have the same amount of, of giftedness and talent by their resume, do you hire the one that's nicer or the one that's not nicer? Do you hire the one that's like, I mean, I've even had waitresses before, you know, um, they're, uh, they're spilling stuff on us, but they had a good attitude, so I kind of enjoyed it, you know? <laughs> no, seriously, one time we went, to, we went to a restaurant one time, and Terry had pulled ligaments in his, in his ankle, so he had a half cast on. And um, the guy spilled my iced tea down his cast, inside the cast. And he's like, oh. I said, don't worry, it needs to be iced anyway. And he said, well, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> I'm glad I could help. Just pour that iced tea right down there, right? So changing your attitude, number four, it changes how you behave. Again, have you ever noticed how your mood, our moods, affect the way you act? You know, when, when you feel happy, you're more energized. And when you dread doing something, it drags on forever. I'll, I'll prove this. So attitude changes behavior. The one thing, when my kids were growing up, the worst experience they had in my house, I, I think, I hope, was that they hated... We had huge flower beds, and they hated weeding the flower bed. They hated it more than anything in life. And they would tell me, Dad, we, we have a plan. We can take half the flower bed back and just put grass there, you know? I'm like, well, Mom likes the flower bed. So now if they went out there and they, they were energized, they could, they could weed the flower bed in 20 minutes. So one day they were out there, and I said, Tracy, where are the boys? They're out weeding the flower bed. I'm like, well, it's been an hour. And I went out there. And, and, like, I'm trying to find them. I don't see them. And I kid you not, they're laying on the ground picking one weed at a time. <laughs> I mean, they hated it so much that their attitude was so bad, you know, that, that it affected how, instead of just going out there and getting it done with and just knocking it out, like, they, they, they added to the experience which I would tell Tracy, I think they actually really like it because they stay out there for so long. Number five, changing your behavior changes your performance. Now, here, here's the truth. If, if, if Tracy and I were struggling in our marriage, and I, I, I cried out to God, I said, okay, God, I believe you're going to help us, and I'm changing my expectations, and, and I'm, doing all the, I'm doing all these things, and I'm thinking about it right, what happens is 
performance isn't even the best word. But how I perform the duty of a husband will change toward her if I see that, if I believe that God's going to increase our marriage. Are you with me? Does that make sense? So in other words, uh, you know, how you perform at work, how you perform in your family, by performing I mean how you behave and how you act toward people, if that can increase, it will, it will dramatically change the whole environment of the family, uh, of work. And that comes with our thinking. So in other words, if you, if you, if you think that your marriage can never improve, it, it, it's hard to take a different approach than that. But if your thinking change, it leads to belief that things can improve. It raises expectations. It changes your attitude about your marriage. And you begin to act differently. And eventually your behavior changes and it leads to an improvement in your marriage. And the last thing is this, number six, is that changing your performance changes your life. So when, we, when all these things begin, it, it all starts by thinking. When our thinking changes, it changes what we can believe for. And when what we believe for changes, it, it, it changes how what we expect to happen in our life. It's just, it's just a chain reaction of things that all starts from just a change in, in, in our thinking. So we have to realize the impact of change thinking, that if you can change your thinking, you can change the direction of our life. And so, again, um, when, I, when I meet with people, the first thing I realize is an area is not going good and they don't feel good about it. And they don't not, they're not talking good about it. They've become critical about it. So if we change, if we can change our thinking, we are today where we have been thinking. If we can change our thinking and bring God into our thinking. I'm not asking to be self-sufficient. Bring God into your thinking. God, I need you to help me in my marriage. Help me think about it differently. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to love her more. Help me be a better employee. Help me to be a better friend. When we bring God into the equation, how could things change if God was involved? See, it, it changes everything about how we think and, and how we go from there. So our thinking determines what we get in life, and all of us have the ability to choose how we think. See, this morning, earlier, before I spoke, I talked about forgiveness. And there were some, perhaps, who didn't stand because they were embarrassed or maybe they don't want to forgive. Some people made a choice to forgive, and perhaps others didn't. See, it's easier to sit around and blame everyone else for our problems. But the only way we can change is if we choose. I can choose how I think. I can choose to change the way I've been thinking. Choosing, thinking is a choice. And so, again, maybe you were raised in an environment where you were labeled as a victim. Just, just play the victim card. Or, or you, you were labeled as an underachiever. Or you were programmed to think negatively about everything. But, but here's the thing successful people they have learned somehow to think differently they've learned to change the way that they think the way they see things uh, many of them bring God into the equation so again I'm going to close with Colossians 3 1 and 2 it says then since then we've been raised with Christ set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God 
Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you take just a moment just to reflect on on what we've talked about today? And I've just tried to I've tried to just lay off the whole concept that, you know, many times it, it's successful people. The only difference between people is that one person thinks differently than another. And I've tried to encourage you to really think about how you think in your current state of mind and perhaps come to the place where you decide, I need to change how I'm thinking. pray for everyone here this morning, but the first thing I want to do is this, and I believe this with all my heart, that that really the easiest way to change our thinking is to bring God into our lives. I'm not saying you can't improve your thinking without God, because I know people who attempt that and do pretty good, but, but I think the number one thing is when we bring God into our life, it just changes the whole equation in our lives because we have we have the person who created us working with us, who created our universe. And I, I just want to ask this morning, maybe you're here this morning and, and maybe you have never given your life to Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've been coming to church, but you you've never you've never just said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life and I want to surrender my life to you. And if there's anyone like that this morning. I'm not going to embarrass you, but there's anyone like that this morning. Would you just raise your hand and say, man, I want Jesus to be in my life. I want to be in relationship with him. Is there anyone like that this morning? There's many this morning who, who as I've been talking and going over the scriptures, you know, the you realize that, man, my, my thinking, has gotten so off target. I've allowed things to come into my mind that, that that should not have been there. And it's preventing me from believing for God's best for my life. It's preventing me from raising my expectations, from bettering my attitudes, and the list goes on and on. And and I, I just wanna I just want to admit this morning that man, I have some thinking problems and I wanna I want to ask God this morning to specifically help me to change the way I think about life, the way I think about the situations that come up. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hands, not to me, to God, and we're going to ask God to help us. Lord God, we come before you this morning, and Lord, we know that for us to improve, God, it's an inside job. It's God working our lives, and God, we pray for our minds this morning. Where the law of the mind says that how we think determines what we get. And God, I just pray right now that for everyone here this morning who has their hands raised, God, that you're allowing them to, to, to think differently, God. You're allowing them to change the way that they think. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to sing a chorus real quick. Sing What a Mighty God real quick, and then I'll come up and dismiss us in prayer in just a second. What a mind.
thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'm going to close this in prayer this morning. Hey, guys, if y'all could help us pick up these chairs and put them in stacks of eight, that would be awesome. God, we just thank you for this day. And, Lord, we're so thankful for your word, God.